This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. There are legends around here. Who died in my G fucking king of the zombies? Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back. You are listening to the final episode of the Halloween retrospective series here on the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. My name is Isaiah. This week I am joined again by Christy, who is back for another dose of being on the show here. What up? <laughs> and uh, we are reviewing the very highly anticipated Halloween Kills, which just came out this past Friday on the 15th of October of 2021. Before we get into talking about that movie, though, how have you been doing this week, Christy? Oh, I am very tired. (laughs) Please, do elaborate. Oh, my gosh. Well, my work has their annual gala and had it on Saturday. And that was just a very, very long day and a very long week leading up to it because everything can go wrong, kind of went wrong. Um, on the, on the back end with some things. So mentally exhausting. And today I just wanted to sleep <laughs> and I didn't get to sleep. <laughs> I definitely feel that. Cause, uh, yeah, it's been a long week just with, well, between packing, trying to move stuff over here. And oh yeah. Then... If, if people don't know, Isaiah's moving into my house, um, <laughs> because his apartment's awful. Uh, and so we've been slowly gathering a bunch of bins and boxes of all his movies. Ladies, if you find a man that has a bunch of movies, don't offer to move them for him because they're going to be about 12 boxes and you're going to break your back. Make him do it. Thanks for calling me out on my own show. Of course. (laughs) I call myself out. I call other people out. That's what I'm here for. I love it. (laughs) I mean, between that and my collectible stuff, I mean, that's like... 75% 75% of my stuff. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. We tr- <laughs> He brought his little Freddy figurine that you pull a string, you know, makes a noise. And so we put it in front of the dog and <laughs> the dog I, did not like it. For, for a little background, this is the Freddy doll that was released back in the 80s. That's very similar to the Pee Wee Herman doll where you pull the string and it talks. So... Uh, it's still in the box and everything, and I'm I'm happy the fucker still works because there's no reason why that thing should still work after almost 40 years. So, Ooh, that's a dog underneath me. Hello, sir. <laughs> As the dog decides to try to interfere in the fucking recording, I love it. He's such a nuisance sometimes. Can you not? <laughs> <laughs> love him to death, but he's a nuisance. So, uh, so that's been going on, and just between work and then packing, trying to clean, and everything else in between, and then we put together some furniture today, which, I mean, it wasn't hard, but it was just, 
It felt like a lot. We had very differing uh, styles of opinion on how to assemble the cubes from Target. It's fine. (laughs) My way, I believe, is the correct way, but Isaiah believes his way is the correct way, so we're just going to leave it at that. We're just going to agree to disagree (laughs) on this. And that's just the way it is. (laughs) But so that's been, it's, it's been a long week, but we did... Get to go. We did went and we went and saw Halloween Kills. If I can just talk correctly, <laughs> we went and saw Halloween Kills on Thursday night at Alamo Draft House. It was nice to finally be back at Alamo. I fucking love the place, and the experience is always amazing. Seeing any movie there, so being able to get there and see Halloween Kills in the theaters, and we'll, we'll get to our thoughts on it. Um, because there's there's a lot of good with this movie, and there's 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 some bad, but. Um, I think overall there's more good than bad. Uh, I know a lot of people have been shitting on the movie as as even uh, like fans have started talking about it because I don't know why some people think that they're expecting some kind of fucking masterpiece to come out with this ex- exquisite dialogue. I mean, it's the middle a- child. The middle child always has some issues before it leads to, you know, the third perfect child. So it and. It's gonna happen, and people need just to stop complaining. <laughs> Honestly, I've, it's it's it, it. I mean, it is what it is. People are gonna like what they're what they're gonna like. I'm I'm not gonna shit on anybody for you know hating on the movie because they didn't like it. But I mean, to complain about dialogue in a fucking horror movie, number one, right? It's. It's kind of like, have you ever seen a horror movie before? I mean, honestly, it's. There's not many horror movies. You don't. Well, let me put it this way: you don't go to a horror movie for the fucking dialogue. No. Not even really for story. This is something to get to to kind of lose yourself in and just have fun with and enjoy the ride. You don't go there for the story. Typically, you don't go there for, typically for the dialogue. It's for the scares. Is ultimately what most horror movies are for. If you want to pull apart a horror movie with bad dialogue, watch Manhouse Hands of Fate and or. Uh, the what is it monsters of indian salt flats or something like that i can't remember the title but you'll hate yourself a watching them but you can pull apart that dialogue because it's awful but yeah (laughs) they're also made in the 70s but yeah you're not i i barely know horror movies and like what and barely watched them before this point and even i knew (laughs) that um or if you just want to go tear apart a movie go to watch la la land and say it's annoying again Right. <laughs> I only saw that movie once in the theater. I did too. And we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that's not horror. <laughs> I but, mean, it was horrid though. Uh, that that is very true. So, but yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of people kind of shitting on the movie, uh, but there's a lot to love with this movie, especially if you're a Halloween fan. I believe at least. So, but I mean, it's this is just one man's opinion and one woman's opinion. So. It, that's ultimately what it comes down to. You're just going to have to kind of make up your mind on your own and see the fucking movie and, and come up with your own conclusion of if if it's good or not. I mean, it's a horror movie. That's the biggest thing you got to remember is it's not some Oscar contender that you're going for fucking writing on. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's not going to be that. It's never going to be that. Granted, you have these rare horror movies that come out like Parasite that end up winning Oscars and and shit like that. But that's very few and far in between, and that's not what the horror genre is all about. So just keep that in mind when you're going in to see this. 
honestly, going there with low expectations. I mean, in all honesty, the, where Halloween Kills kind of lands, and I, I want to try to keep this part of the review as spoiler-free as possible, because at the end we'll talk more spoilers and kind of things that happens in the movie, but we're going to keep the kind of the beginning spoiler-free just so those of you that are listening that haven't had a chance to see the movie yet, so you're not <laughs> Pause getting... now and then listen to it later. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen now, and then... Uh, I'll let you know when you can turn this episode off so you don't get things spoiled for you. Um, so we'll, I will definitely let you know when to turn away from this episode. But Oh, fine. So Halloween Kills kind of falls in, if you like 2018, kind of going with lower expectations because honestly, I don't think it's as good as 2018 story-wise and kind of as, as a whole. Because 2018 was kind of set up as its own kind of story that could have ended there if they wanted it to, you know? Because uh, that's they, they were kind of testing the waters with it because they didn't know if they were going to end up being able to make a sequel or even a trilogy after that. So this was kind of like, that was kind of the testing water. So as a whole, 2018 is definitely a superior movie. As as well as the original. I mean, the 78 original is still my favorite. And I, I know I'm going to be doing a uh, kind of ranking of the Halloween films for next week, which will come. But I'm uh, spoiler alert, 78 is by far my favorite Halloween movie out of all of them. So that's my number one. But uh, I'll talk about like how I rank the rest of them and, and all that with all, all the other 11 movies. But... Yeah, if you go in there with kind of lower expectations with with kills, uh, especially if you if you loved twenty eighteen, um, I, I think you'll have a good time. You know, uh, it, it is a lot of fun. It's very chaotic. This movie is definitely very very chaotic, and you know, in, instead of just wasting more time, let's go ahead and start talking about uh, the movie. But first, let's take a look at the trailer for twenty twenty one's Halloween Kills. Right? The boogeyman was real. It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? Michael Myers is alive. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison should not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight. I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. 
What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. Michael Myers is flesh and blood. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. Halloween Kills was released on October 15th, 2021. Directed again by David Gordon Green, who wrote it with Danny McBride again. Um, we got the basically the cast of 2018 is back. So we've got Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, as Laurie Strode. We've got Judy Greer back as their daughter, Karen. We've got Andy Matichek, who's back as the granddaughter, Allison. Uh, we've got James Jude Courtney back as the shape himself and... By the way, just a little side note, uh, officially after this movie, James Duke Courtney is my favorite version of The Shape, Michael Myers. He is did such a fucking amazing job, in, especially in this movie, because this is honestly probably the most brutal I've ever seen Michael Myers. I mean, granted, you have the Rob Zombie movies, and he's pretty fucking brutal in there, but just some of the stuff that he did in this and just how relentless he was... Um, and not like turning into this angry, raging fucker that yells out "die" at the end of Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween Two. Uh, it's just very, very much like it's methodical. It's a very methodical yes, Mike Myers, and it gave a different element to it, and actually, it enveloped you more into who he is and the kills themselves. Just because they, the kills in this one were definitely more random than I felt like they mm-hmm. were in the past in the sense of his path to where he was going. Whereas in 2018, it just, he seemed like he happened upon a street and started killing. This was very methodical. Yep. Cause ultimately, and this, this isn't really a spoiler. So uh, don't try to crucify me here, (laughs) but cause they actually talk about it in the trailers is that he's ultimately trying to get home. And we, we've seen the, we've seen the pictures, we've seen the videos in the trailers of the Myers house being prominently shown there. And honestly, this is, this is so well done in the fact that they really put a good focus on the Myers house and its significance for him as a a character and just kind of how he's trying to get home. And that's kind of where it's almost like his own sanctuary in a Mm -hmm. sense, in a sense. Um, and it's I like how they did that, and we get to see you know the Myers house as it is now in 2018, and in the timeline of this. But we also have the flashbacks um, to 1978, where we get to see it there. And stay tuned to later on in the episode where we kind of break down those scenes and, and everything uh, with that. Uh, to kind of. Uh, Talk about a little bit of trivia with this. Well, actually, first off, uh, let's talk about the money side of things with this. Because um, now they haven't posted like an official like budget for the movie yet, but I'm guessing it's very similar to 2018, where it was probably between 10 to 15 million dollars to make. 
And um, just as of this weekend, this movie has already made $50.5 million, which is very impressive for being, uh, you know, in, you know, the pandemic. But also on top of that, you've had it released on Peacock as well as in traditional theaters. So the fact that they still made that much money at theaters over the weekend is very, very good. Mm-hmm. For for this, I will say so. We we saw it on the Thursday in the theater, and then we rewatched it today on Peacock. And if you are going to see it for the first time, you need to see it in the theater. You need that experience because watching it on your TV, it's just not the same. It you don't get the same effect of some yeah. of the sound cues and things like that, and just overall the feeling in the room of the energy of everybody watching it. Um, so you do need to see it in the theater if you're going to watch it for the first time. So get wear a mask, get your butt out to a theater, and go watch it. Right, um, and that and then watch it at home <laughs> if you need to watch it again. Uh, but definitely need to see it in the theater for the first time. Yeah, very very much uh, very much so because it, it it was definitely just like such an incredible experience and I, I i did post this on 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 social media talking about how it was such like the one of the best movie going experiences i've ever had with a movie uh just it's because this. i was there i mean that was part of it but then <laughs> alamo draft house is also kind of another factor with it but also just seeing it with a group of people and kind of experiencing it with a full theater there's just something great about that and it really lends to it's benefit when you see it when you when you get that surround sound um, you know going and then just on the large screen it's it's just something else because even watching it today I'm like you know I, I loved watching it in the theater today it was kind of like okay I, I still really really like the movie but it, it didn't hit the same yeah exactly that's the way I felt too so. So all that aside, I mean, it didn't hit the same at home. And granted, that might be just because it was the second viewing as well. But it it is what it is. It, it's just better in the theater. I would, again, suggest seeing it in the theater first before trying to watch it on Peacock. I mean, just spend a little bit of money and go see it in the theater is what I'm ultimately trying to say. So let's talk a little bit of trivia regarding this. So um, something for you. Did you know with this that... Jamie Lee Curtis has now played Laurie Strode in six different decades. Oh, in the timeline of the movie? No. What? And she has played it in six different decades. Was in the seven seventy eight? Yeah. Eighty one. Ninety eight. Two thousand two. Twenty eighteen. And twenty twenty one. Okay, you know how my brain worked. <laughs> I combine 2010 and 2020 because I don't believe that they are separate. It's like how the 90s are only yesterday type of thing. Okay, yeah. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. That just, ugh, people with those longevity of careers, it just, it's <laughs> crazy. Now, uh, another piece of trivia. Did you know, like, uh, they, they had this whole thing going around before the release of the movie where they're trying to get the firefighter scene cut from the movie? They were? Yes, there were people that were, like, setting up petitions to have that taken out of the movie. That's so stupid. You know what's funny about that is that actual firefighters were actually playing the firefighters in that scene. (laughs) You know, I was kind of wondering that because they looked like they knew what they were... Not that actors couldn't figure out what they were doing, but, like, they looked like they knew what they were doing because, obviously, it was real 
flames that were shooting around. That's so fucking stupid. Who were those? What was their reasoning? Was it too violent? Or They they just felt that it, it, like, put a bad look on the firefighters having all these firefighters being murdered by Michael Myers and wasn't their fault. They showed up to do their job. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. That's like saying that you shouldn't have a police chase in a, in a, in a movie because it's like, Oh, that okay. Maybe a bad topic, but that's putting the cops in a bad light, you know? Right. <laughs> like, that's that's so stupid. It really was. And it didn't go anywhere, because, like... Obviously, mm, it's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but, like, the... the, the When they set up the, those, like, change.org uh, petitions yeah, for that mm-hmm. and everything, it didn't go anywhere. And then people, like, made other petitions to have that petition taken down. <laughs> yes! We <laughs> so. stand. We stand. <laughs> So it was fucking great. I fucking loved it. That's amazing. Um, now, uh, you know, because we had, like we mentioned earlier, we had basically the 2018 cast back in this movie, obviously, because it's a continuation on that same night. But we also get the inclusion of characters from the first ever Halloween movie with uh, Lonnie Elam, um, who was Cameron's dad, which was alluded to in, in 2018. But we also get uh, Nurse Marion back. We get Lindsay Wallace, Tommy Doyle, um, all back. So it was it was kind of nice. And then also uh, Sheriff Brackett we, we got back to, um, which has kind of been shown as well. So um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get into more talking about what, what their kind of whole thing is going on. But it was nice to have that kind of nostalgia factor put in there because they also had a lot of Easter eggs kind of going on too. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with regards to different things that happened throughout the movie and even the opening uh, scene, which was the flashback, which we'll touch on. So it, it was just kind of nice that they did a, some good fan service with the movie. And a, a lot of people felt like there was like a lot of, uh, like almost too much fan service going on. But I mean, this is ultimately a movie for the fans. I was going to say that was that, I felt like that was the whole point. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking the 12th movie in a franchise. You're, you're going to, do fan service because you want those fans back. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is what it is. Um, Overall, like uh, uh, this movie was very, very chaotic. And uh, that's what I really loved is how batshit crazy everything got with this. Mm -hmm. Like you, you got to the point where a lot of this movie was kind of showing just how much of a monster, like people in general can be when they have the wrong idea about something or they, they follow somebody who doesn't really know what the fuck they're really doing, which we'll touch on. Uh Um, and it it was, it got very chaotic, very, very quickly. And it just led to a lot of things that should have never happened. Um, and it, 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 it kind of shows just kind of even just with like society sometimes how people will follow, like the blind leading the blind pretty much this, it, this was a there this is essentially the blind leading the blind um yeah for then that chunk of the film mm-hmm. anyway yeah so you have all that going on then you have what it, what's going on with michael and him just being brutally just murdering everybody and it's almost like these two stories are kind of going on at the same time and they they think then they kind of cross section at certain points but definitely with this movie, Michael is definitely the star of the show. Whereas a lot of times with the Halloween movies, he's kind of just um, kind of the deciding factor of things that happen. Whereas he is the main focal character in this movie. And then uh, 
it, it just kind of really got to the point where it, it very much showed that Michael just didn't give a fuck about anything anymore. I mean, number one, he, he uh, it's, it's just, he was just so vicious with everything. And I'm trying not to do spoilers because it's very hard to not talk about stuff that happened uh, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, just to put it plainly for now, uh, he was very, very vicious in this movie and it, it and killed a lot of fucking people. Like there's a lot of people that were worried about um, the, the trailers showing too much. Like that didn't even touch no. the tip of the iceberg with the amount of kills and the different kills that happened in this. Cause there are so many other kills that were so much better than the stuff that they showed in the trailer Yep, and very much more inventive, uh, like kills, like stuff that it's like, Jesus, I never thought about that. Um, so Michael is definitely very, very vicious in this movie, which I really loved because it, it's one thing to have him vicious and just like, uh, but, and just kind of do it like how, the Rob Zombies movies did it, and especially Halloween 2 of his thing. But with this one, like you said, it's more methodical. Um, it wasn't just him just like, die, and stuff like that. No, this was like very like very much like the shape because he was still doing like the hide-and-seek stuff like he's known for, especially in the original movie where he would like show up in the background and then he would disappear and then he would show up again. So it was, there's very much that kind of stalker-like thing that he's definitely known for, which was nice to see that, but also bring in that brutalness um, with the character to kind of put this movie kind of over the top. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have that. And honestly, with this movie, I don't think it ran too long either. No, it didn't. It it went by really quickly. Mm-hmm. The, um, I would There may have been one spot... Maybe two that I would have considered the teeniest bit slow, but other than that, it moved. It was a very quick experience. Yeah. Especially even at two hours long. I mean, typically with the Halloween movies, they stick right about an hour and a half. Yeah. But for a two-hour movie, it didn't feel like a two-hour movie, honestly. It really didn't. Um, and, and, And when it got to the end, I'm like, holy shit, we're already at the end of the movie. And with the ending, I mean, the ending is definitely polarizing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that don't like the how it ended. I think it ended perfectly. Um, it left a lot of open-ended like theories and questions for people, which I think is the best. Yep. Because now you can speculate for another <laughs> year. Yep. Because they the they've got the uh, the draft done for the next one, Halloween ends. Um, and it's off to John Carpenter for him to kind of approve it, seeing as he's the executive producer with everything, seeing as this was all his baby originally anyway. Mm-hmm. So to get his approval on it is, I think is great. And then uh, they're supposed to start shooting that in January for it to be released at the end of, uh, or towards the end of October of next year. So they're definitely moving on that. And <clears throat> it'll be interesting to kind of see where that goes from there. Cause I know that they they said it's going to be set, uh, well, David Gordy Green did say that it's set a couple years in the future, because mm-hmm. um, originally ends Halloween ends was supposed to continue off of right where kills ends, and we'll talk about that ending um, and how it was supposed to lead into ends before they decided to change it. But they altered it just a little bit to put it a little bit in the future, and and so we'll we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But um, just to kind of wrap things up for this first part of this 
episode just so we can start talking about all the juicy bits. <laughs> um, so overall, what would you say that you would rate this and, and how what, what was your overall kind of uh, how you felt about the movie? I mean, I think, I, I, like I gave the 2018 when I give this one a four and a half. Like, it was exciting for parts, for nearly all of it. It still moved. I gave it probably a higher rating than probably somebody who has, like, like you who has seen, been a part of the series longer and has been a fan longer and can see those, you know, nitpick all the, down to the errors and things like that. Um, I have <laughs> recommended this movie so many times to all my coworkers <laughs> um, just to go see because it is very entertaining um you have to watch 2018 obviously before so you understand what's going on with the plot but um it's uh with the filmography and the actual camera angles and things like that the more technical elements of this film are spot on so if you're big into the tech side more under that stuff kind of like i am Definitely need to go see it, and that's kind of why I rank it higher. Um, plot line was okay. I'd probably give it a four just for plot, but with all the technical elements, I'd give it a four and a half. Okay. Very cool. And with me, because I know I rated uh, Halloween 2018 five out of five. Um, this one is going to be, I could go either four or four and a half out of five just because of there's certain things with uh, – like some of the writing things that people talk about, yeah, there there is some issues with the writing and some of the dialogue. But at the same time, I mean, for me, it doesn't really detract because I can let that shit go. I don't like make a big deal out of stupid shit like that. But uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's 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 not as good as 2018. It's not as good as the original. And honestly. With it being the 12th entry in a fucking franchise, I don't expect it to be. If I'm blown away like I was with 2018, fine, great. But at the same time, I'm a fucking fan at heart, you know? And I'm going to go into this, like, with low expectations, but just knowing that I'm going to have a good time. So, um, overall... I, I loved everything that they did with this. I loved the viciousness of Michael Myers. I, I loved the, the fan service that they did uh, with the different characters and different things that they did in the movie itself. And, yeah, I mean, a little bit of dialogue and it was kind of cheesy. And there were some other things that kind of suffered. But overall, I mean, like I said, one of the best experiences I've ever had in a movie theater. And um, I would never take that back i mean it's it's such a good movie i think in my opinion and it's my opinion and i know there's a lot of people that don't agree with that and that's fine that's your opinion you're entitled to it it's it's fine i mean not everybody's gonna like everything that everybody else likes and vice versa so but with that i that's what i would give it is either a four to a four and a half out of five i still think it's great it's still one of my top halloween movies it's it's definitely in my top five, for sure. Um, I just haven't quite figured out where it sits <laughs> in that top five. So, um, But that's that's what I have to say about that. And um, So from there, I'm going to let you guys know we are going to talk spoilers now. So if you do not ha want to hear about the stuff that actually happened in the movie and want to step away now, I would highly suggest it. Otherwise, uh, enjoy as we kind of delve a little bit deeper into some of the plot points and everything else that kind of happened because I've been wanting to talk about this stuff 
and I'm super excited. He's been wanting, yeah, he's been ready since Thursday. <laughs> I, I really have been. So, with that said, with the those that didn't want to hear gone, let's talk about the movie. So, we start off right where 2018 ended. So, we have the House of Blaze. We have the, the, the women, the Strode women in the back of the truck heading to the hospital as firefighters and everybody else is coming by and they're yelling just to let it burn, let it burn. Um, and then from there, uh, we get a flashback scene. Yeah, because we start off with Cameron was walking from I'm the sorry, school. I did forget about that. <laughs> I mean, how could you forget Bonnie from Bonnie and Clyde? Uh, so Cameron's walking back from the school. He's trying to contact Oscar, who, as we know, has been impaled in the jaw uh, and is definitely dead, um, saying that, you know, he fucked up with Allison. You know, he needs to find her. And then through the fence, he sees a person laying on the ground. He's like, yelling, yo, are you okay? You're okay? And so he runs over to him, climbs over a fence in bare feet, which... If you've done that, it hurts so bad. Um, and it's Hawkins. Yep. So he finds Hawkins laying on the ground, and he takes, I think he had like a scarf around his neck from his costume and puts pressure on the neck from the wound that... Um, Dr. Sartain. ...had given him. And Hawkins wakes up, and he goes, he must <coughs> die. He has to die. Yep. And, of course, Cameron's like, what? Who? And then that's when you we jump into the flashback um, in 1978 from Halloween night of him... Yep, and, and this is where Hawkins orig- originally was talking in 2018 about how he was there that night um, when he was arrested. And so we, we get that whole flashback sequence, which is which runs a good five to ten minutes. And what I loved with the flashback sequence is it wasn't too short, but at the same time it wasn't too long either. And it, it, it had its own little kind of story, um, basically right off of where the original Halloween ended where Michael disappears and the cops are out looking for him. And everything, and so we, we get Hawkins running after Michael, and he's running through an alleyway, and he just, Michael just disappears like he always does. And um, Hawkins meets up with some of the other cops, and then they kind of split off into teams to go looking for him because he just fucking disappeared. So then we, we, we meet up with Lonnie, who in the original Halloween, if you remember, he was the bully who bullied Tommy Doyle and then was... Uh, with, with his buddies, and they were going to go up to the Myers house, and his buddies were calling him chicken, telling him that he wouldn't do it and go up to the Myers house, and that's when Loomis tells him to get his ass away from there. Well, we meet up after that where Lonnie is with these other kids now. And he's the one being bullied. And he's, yeah, he's <laughs> definitely being he bullied. He stole someone's candy, and he was refusing to open his hand. There's a gobstopper. A girl in a costume licks it, which is really gross. And then a cop car all of a sudden pulls up next to them and says, like, everything all right? And they're like, yeah, we're with our new old friend Lonnie. And he's and Lonnie's like, what? <laughs> What's going hmm. on? And the cop, of course, is like, well, like, you get should get home. There's a guy, like, walking around in a mask. And the girl and one of the other girls very sassily goes, well, yeah, it's Halloween. <laughs> and, like, I would also respond that way because me. Um and the cop's like, yeah, nope, this guy just murdered three teenagers down the street. Get home and tell your parents to lock your doors. And, of course, the kids are like, oh, shit. 
So, like, the three other kids run off together and leave Lonnie by himself, and so Lonnie is running through the streets trying to get home. Which, that was a really cool cinematic part moment where he's in the middle of, like, a four-way intersection, and the kids were chanting, like, Lonnie, Lonnie, something, something, mommy, you know, and that's eerily in the background where he's in the dark, he's kind of in a spotlight from the street lamp, and then it cuts to him running down a sidewalk where he trips and falls, and then, of course, we see Michael has appeared behind him. And, you know, Lonnie's obviously scared out of his mind. He's saying, like, oh, I didn't mean to bully Tommy Doyle. I'm so sorry. Like, please don't kill me. Please yeah, don't he's, kill like, me. basically repenting for bullying Tommy yeah. this whole time. And, and then all of a sudden, he feels a tap on his shoulder and he screams. And it's, I think it's Officer Peters was, it was uh, Hawkins. Um, partner's name he's just like oh are you okay and he's just like where'd he go where'd he go and they're like what do you mean like who and he's like the boogeyman and you know Lonnie runs off and of course Peter's like the boogeyman and looks he's like oh no he's over there (laughs) like this is it this is the Myers house this is where it all happened and the thing I loved with the Myers house is that um yeah it was a facade that they they built uh, but they also like recreated the sides of the two houses on either side of the mm-hmm. Myers house from the original movie, which was a nice touch because a lot of uh, movies won't do that kind right. of thing. Well, they went like all out and like made it look like exactly how it w- looked in you know 1978, mm-hmm. and so I, I like that touch of it. And you know, we 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 follow uh, Hawkins and his partner into the house. And which before that, though, we learned that Peters actually went over to Michael's house to play with him. His mom made him go over there to play with him. And he said, you know, I did it because my mom thought he needed some friends, but all he ever would do was stand in his sister's room and stare out the window. Looking at Haddonfield. Looking at Haddonfield. Haddonfield, the place where nothing happens or something like that. And so Hawkins and Peters walk into the house and they're checking it and doing... You know, and they go to the clo- a closet, both open it up, and of course there's nothing well, in there. Well, before we got there, though, we, we get uh, Peters, who is in the side room, oh, yeah. and he finds the, the, de- the dead dog from the first movie, which is the kind of the first fan service thing, because um, Dr. Loomis and um, Sheriff Brackett find the half-eaten dog that Michael got hungry, as Loomis said. And so, you know, we, we finally get to see that dog, because we never saw it in the first one. And, uh, you know, they did that. Then the whole thing with the closet happened, and then we hear the footsteps upstairs, and that's where they go upstairs. Um, and Hawkins and his partner kind of split up. They go into different rooms. And Peters walks into Michael's sister's room, walks into Judy's room, and sees the window yep. and walks up to there and see – and. I don't know. Then he says, you know, that, you know, Haddonfield or nothing happens and then looks down. And of course you see Michael's infamous footprints in the dust. And then bloody footprints because he just shot six times. And then, so he's looking down at that. And before he can even look back up, Michael comes out of the closet, like rushed him. (laughs) He fucking bum rushed him. And this was the first, it didn't, this wasn't like a jump scare to me. It was like, oh, (laughs) because it was so quiet and so calm. And you're like, oh, okay. He's staring out the window. Oh, a childhood memory. Boom. Okay. And just starts getting choked the fuck out. And that's when, of course, Hawkins hears it and comes running in to see what the fuck is going on. And so. And quick pause here, because I just have to comment. 
how good that fucking mask looks. They did a fucking amazing job recreating the original mask in this, and it looks so fucking good. Like, everything that they did to recreate, I mean, yeah, the Myers house is all great, but the how close that they got the mask to look to the original was so good because so many times they fuck that up so badly. And the the, the fact that they got it very, very close to the original is, I applaud them for that because it looked really, really good. Yeah. The details, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The details in this film are really good, even Mm -hmm. as a novice of it. They did a really good job with that. But yeah, so you have Peter's getting choked out by Michael and Hawkins is standing in the doorway and you can see in his eyes, he's like, well, do I... Do I shoot? Like, how do you know? Because oh Hawkins is a rookie at this point. And, you know, and you could kind of see in Peter's eyes, or at least in my interpretation of he's like, take the shot, you know? And um, I even, I thought this throughout the entire movie. Everybody's a shitty shot. Why, no one knows how to shoot a gun in this film. It's just anybody who shoots, it's just, it doesn't work. And so, you know, Hawkins takes a shot and he ends up shooting his partner right in the jugular, like right in the neck and completely misses. And then as he falls to the ground, you know, he's trying to shoot at Michael as he's leaving, completely misses. However, that's probably due to the nerves and all that other stuff. So like understandable why he missed, but Michael ends up walking away and then he rushes over to his partner. And I think being so new and maybe like medical training back then, I have no idea. Maybe not being well, but like, he's not putting any pressure on the wound. Yeah. <laughs> so his, this was great props to the, uh, effects team because uh, the the wound of this bullet hole was uh, it was seeping blood it was gushing it was glorious anyway <laughs> so he's laying there he's like oh did we get him did we get him Hawkins it's like yeah 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 but while that's happening Michael has ended up down in the front yard and all the cops are drawn on him and they're going it's him it's him it's Michael Myers and then Peters dies bloodlust you know and so hawkins is up at the top of the stairs and this is where we get a really cool moment of a little bit like the cgi where they brought loomis back yep and uh spoiler alert donald pleasance has been dead since 1995 so i mean then the fact that they brought him back yeah it was a different actor it was a different uh, voice actor that did the voice but it was so cool having that character back and being able to see him on screen too Ah, just hit all the nostalgia buttons like perfectly for me. Yeah, it it gave a really good, it gave the right vibe for that because he's so rushed and saying like, "What happened? Did he kill again?" You know, like you know, he (laughs) needs to know. Where Hawkins is just so like completely out of it. The trauma has set in, and so um, you know, he it's just we don't know. And then all of a sudden, that's where you cut back and they're smacking Michael with their feet and billy clubs and things like that. Um, oh, well, that comes later. Cause, no, I thought that was then. Nope. Because this, uh, the way that this one ends is they do the, the the jib arm pull away where they did in the first one when the little kid Michael gets his mask taken off. They do the same thing because the cops oh, are surrounding him. Oh, you're right, and, and they pull it off. Him. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they, they just do that raise up and just... It just keeps widening out, and you just see all the cops standing there, and Loomis behind yeah. him, and that's how that scene ends. That's right. And then we come back, and uh, the fire is still raging. The The firefighters show up. Um, well, I mean, Lori ends up in the hospital, and then, you know, they, they get her checked in and everything. But then we come back, and we see the, the firefighters trying to put the house out. And 
you know, that we, we, one of the firefighters falls to the fucking ground. Turns on his, like, emergency beeper. Yep. And because his air tank was compromised. Well, Michael put himself into that little room. He was in a closet! <laughs> yeah, his, Lori's little, like, roll-down garage door thing that led to her fucking armory, basically. He pulls that up. I mean, obviously, we you've seen from the posters, half his mask is burnt now, half of his jumpsuit is burnt now. He just comes out like, well, how'd he fucking do? Oh, my God, that was so great. It was just like, here's Johnny. Um, and then you have one of the other firefighter up above who obviously is hearing the chirping and is trying to get, you know, to his uh, firefighter mate. I don't even know what the word for that is. Um, he's like, oh, he's reaching down in the hole. Like, grab my hand, grab my hand. And then <laughs> Michael just fucking appears out of the ether. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> That's when you knew shit was about to hit the fan because, well, first he, he killed the one dude with the, the axe. It wasn't an pick. axe. It was like a pick. With, like, a crowbar on the end of it. It was kind of a weird tool. It was a multi-tool. Yeah, it was basically like a multi-tool. So he kills the first firefighter with that, grabs the arm of the second firefighter to get himself out of there. So obviously that firefighter is dead. We just don't know how he died. Yeah. Well, he comes walking out of that blaze, and the other firefighters are just standing like... They're, like, stunned because they're just, you know, it's like this man with no protective gear on, obviously... They obviously probably can't even see, like, you know, his injury. But he's just mm-hmm. standing there with his little pickaxe thing. Walks down and starts wielding it around. And <laughs> Michael just slowly walks off the porch. And the one firefighter's spraying him with the fucking it's hose. Just, yeah, that was so weird. It's just kind of like, just like, hey, you good? <laughs> And that's when we get the first shot of him just jabbing it right through the fucking mask. And the firefighter falls instantly to the ground. And another guy gets it. You know, and then the guy with the the saw comes in. The circular saw. This was... Oh, my (laughs) God. So, he's, like, holding it up and trying to, like, you know, obviously get to Michael. Well, Michael just basically turns it around and essentially saws the guy in half. Like, it's just, oh, my God. It was so intense. It was so good. It was so intense. Oh. And then there's just bodies, like, splattered everywhere. Everywhere. Like, all the firefighters end up dying. We don't don't see, like, a lot of their deaths, but they, they all end up fucking dying. Um... So that all happens, and, you know, we, we got a, a couple of different things that kind of happen all at once, and I'm probably out of order with some of it, just kind of thinking back. But th- like I said, this is a pretty chaotic movie, so there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of plots. There's like a, there's there's the Michael plot, there's the Lori and Karen and yep. Allison plot, and then there's the Tommy, Lonnie, Lindsay, and Marion yep. plot. Um, so it, there's a lot happening. <laughs> yep. So, so while that's going on, we, we obviously have, uh, well, not obviously, cause if, well, I mean, if you've seen the if movie, you've seen the movie then you, you know. know, yeah, but we, we have the bar scene happening where we find out that Marion, Tommy, Lonnie, and Lindsay go every year on Halloween to kind of, um, in a sense, kind of commemorate, but also celebrate that they're survivors of Michael Myers, yeah. basically. And they've been doing that for Quite a few years, yeah. And so uh, they're they're doing this, and there's a like a talent competition going on uh, at, at this point. Yeah, and Tommy uh, goes up. <laughs> Lonnie introduces him as a bird whistler, uh, but Tommy goes up there and basically tells 
the story. And when you first enter into the bar, you, if you remember from 2018, there was a couple that was a nurse, a sexy nurse, and a doctor. Yep. And they came out of their house and they were running to, late and this to would a be party. Marcus and Vanessa. Yes. And they're running late to a party and the guy forgets his stethoscope, has to go back inside and go get it. That's right before Michael's first kill in the 2018 film. Well, they're back. They're sitting in front of, well, you don't know yet. They're sitting in front of four people. They're getting kind of loud and rowdy. And they ask him to quiet down or whatever. And then, you know, Tommy goes up on stage and Marcus walks back up to them afterwards at the bar. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry about that. You know, because they become buddy buddies with the four of them. Yeah. And um, it was funny watching it again today because Isaiah was sitting on the couch. He's like, oh, I didn't even realize that they were in the first movie. And I'm like, that's the first thing I recognized was they were in the first movie. Um, so I felt kind of proud about myself about that one. Um, but they're all in the bar chit-chatting away and Lonnie gets a call from uh, Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. Then this is where we, he finds out that Cameron was like at the school still. Um, he was kind of funny. Lonnie answers the phone's like, hey, you know, Bonnie, like does Clyde, you and Clyde need a ride? So that was kind of cute. Um, and that's where he finds Tommy's like, Cameron's in trouble. But while while they were at the bar, is this the scene where we they were watching the newscast or is that later? So uh, it, they come back to it. Okay. So um, Lonnie leaves to go get Cameron. Um, while this is happening, you know, uh, there's just kind of chaos at, at the hospital because mm -hmm. of Michael being back ultimately, and a lot of people don't know kind of really what's going on. Lori is Lori's in, in surgery. surgery. She had a lot. It was kind of funny. We were watching the surgery. She's like, oh, she's going to have a lot of pain in her abdomen due to the stabbing. And I kind of went, no, duh. Mm. <laughs> that was one of the dialogue pieces where I'm like, yeah, no fuck. <laughs> like right. you just literally cut into this woman's abdomen and sewed her back up. I think she's going to be in a bit of pain. Right. <laughs> So as they bring Lori in and everything and, you know, they're asking for her name and whatnot and Karen's talking and Karen's like, it's Lori Strode. And then we, we finally find out that Brackett, so Sheriff Brackett is now a security officer at Haddonfield Memorial. And so he recognizes the name, uh, obviously, just from the past and whatnot. So he knows that Lori's been attacked and he's the, he knows that she's there now. Um, so that all kind of happens. And, you know, Allison's at the kind of where the morgue is and whatnot and kind of looking in and we see the body of Dr. Sartain uh, there. And then, um, you know, one of the officers comes up and is needs to talk to talk her. To Allison, and yeah. so we, we get this kind of cut back and forth between the officers talking to both Karen and Allison. Yeah, the sheriff is talking to Allison and Allison's, not Allison, uh, Karen. Karen. And Karen's essentially giving, you know, the details of, you know, we, we locked him up. He, we put him in the basement and we lit the house on fire and he's dead and we shot him and he should be dead. And this is one of, one of my favorite parts of the film was the sheriff was like, oh, Karen, I'm so sorry. And she's like, thank you. And he's like, no, didn't anybody tell you Michael Myers is alive? And Karen's just like, what? And immediately like goes out and it cuts to Allison. And she's just like, Michael Myers isn't dead. You know, we need to go go to your grandmother's room. Like where's security? Does this hospital not have security? Like all, all while, you know, Cameron's finally showed up to the hospital now and uh, Cameron's like finds Allison and he's just apologizing profusely. And he's like, me and my dad um, are, are going after him. Tommy's getting groups together. 
and all yeah. this. Um, and while the, uh, so right before this happened, we, we go back to the, the, the bar. Yep. And that's when the uh, Marcus and Vanessa are going to leave and they find um, who we think maybe Michael a in the back of the car. A mysterious person is in the back of Vanessa's car and she runs back into the bar. Yep. It's like, it's Michael, it's Michael's in the back of my car. And that's when Tommy grabs the bat with the name. It was uh, Old Huckleberry. Old Huckleberry. He's like, grabs that and it's like, you know, evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight. And this is where the whole mob mentality starts from this teeny tiny little bar. So you have about 20 people walking out. He's got the huckleberry in his hand, you know. And um, first of all, when Vanessa walks up to her car, it's like, your car's fogged up from the inside. Yep. Okay, that's a little That's sus. a nice little callback to the original movie, yeah. too. And so, um, you know, she obviously gets out. And then the car turns on and just speeds off down the road, cuts over a median down a boulevard, and then crashes. Mm-hmm. And so they all run over there, and the doors open, you know, and there's nobody there. And then you see this little shadow kind of like watching from this, behind the with a wall, and then it runs away. Well, the, you see the face, and you realize it's, it's one of the patients from the 2018 movie. Because when they're in the bar, you, when you're watching the TV from the newscast, you see that individual's face. But then the focus changes to Tommy's head, so you actually don't see Michael's face on the TV screen, which I thought was a good connection. Of yep. They don't know what he looks like. Yep. They don't know what he looks like. Then that's and this is where the confusion kind of starts as to thinking now this poor individual from the um, hospital is Mike. Um, and so then it doesn't it trans then it transitions back to. The hospital. the hospital. And that's where they, Cameron shows up and they're like, we're getting a groups together to yeah. hunt him down. And Allison's like, he killed my dad. I'm not staying here. You know, I was very adamant about it. And Karen basically was like, okay, I can't. Well, no, she, she told her to go sit in yeah. the grandmother's room now. Yeah. <laughs> she was she she was pulling the mom card hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Allison goes back to their room and happens to did I don't know why she had the knife on her person where she had well, the knife at the end of the 2018 movie she still had it in her hand right but I didn't realize she still had it yeah. at that point oh, in yeah. the hospital like it was still on her person so she takes I think it must have been Lori's shirt and wraps the knife around it puts it by her grandma's head it's like just in case you need this and then you know yep runs on down runs on down <laughs> the road with uh the foursome or I guess trio of yep because at this point Lonnie shows back up and he's got his guns and everything <laughs> on the back of the van. One of the funny lines that Tommy says, "Like, got yeah, permit for these," and Lonnie's like, "Some of them." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Alan sh- Allison shows up, and the first thing she does is she grabs that fucking shotgun. Oh <laughs> she yeah, she grabs grabs the yeah. That was great. I fucking love that. And uh, so they, they start breaking off into groups. And so um, with Lonnie, we have uh, Cameron and Allison go with him as they're going in one group. And then Tommy is getting other people together. Yeah, Tommy ends up at a gas station and is like, he's like, I need a bunch of good people. And basically rounds Not up. afraid to get their hands dirty. Yeah. And then you have in another vehicle, you've got Vanessa and Marcus, Marianne and Lindsay all together. And they're driving around town. Um, and during the middle of this, you cut back to the Myers house and it is, oh God. Well, actually, before, yeah. b- b- before we get there, because, 
Um, <clears throat> we missed one whole scene. Um, but again, this is kind of where things <laughs> are so there's chaotic. There's so much happening. But we get uh, we we forgot about Sandra and Phil's house. Oh, oh, this okay. This kill was the one that was like. Yeah, so we, 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 this is not too long after Michael escapes the house, obviously. Yeah. Um, we, we come up on this this house that's right down the road from Lori's uh, and a, a couple by the name of Sandra and Phil. Yeah. And Sandra's playing with her little mini drone. <laughs> drone flipping it around. While <laughs> Phil comes down and is talking about how her, her his mother-in-law used oh. his CPAP machine and smells, smells like, like Lucky Strikes. Yeah. And... <laughs> He's like, no, that ain't cigarettes, baby. That's 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 the Laurie Strode's the... house, and he's and then he kind of insults Laurie Strode. She's like, I don't want to do that. Honey. She could fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> so the dynamic between those two is really really nice. And then she flies the drone into another room, and it crashes, and all of a sudden, just you know, comes out. And they're like, what? the Well, fuck? It, it, bef- before that, he's like, ah, you don't know how to fly that. Give it here. And then he tries. Oh, to he fly drove it, it into and the then wall. he ends up driving it into something, and then it comes flying out. Yeah. Um, so he goes to investigate, turns on the light, and Michael's in their fucking bathroom, and he just smashes the light. Yeah, that was... He's like, oh, shit! <laughs> and he fucking shuts the door. And then it's a glass door, and he just, on the top, and he just reaches his hand through and just starts schmucking the guy's head against the against the door jam. She runs to the kitchen, tries to go out the back door, and of course can't get the door unlocked, but there's a knife bar on the wall. So she grabs that off the magnet and she's holding the knife Mm -hmm. and Michael comes walking in and I don't know what his obsession was with light bulbs in this scene, but he, so he smacked the light bulbs in the bathroom and then he goes and there are those long tube fluorescent lights above one of the kitchen counters. Yeah. It was above the stove. Yeah. And so he just grabs it, pulls it out, Smashes looks at, it. Looks at it and then smashes it on the counter to basically make it just this jagged piece of glass, and he just rams it straight into her throat and right twists the fucking side of her neck. Oh, and then twists it and then just like leaves it there and then pulls it out, and she's you know gurgling or whatever, and ends up. She's just laying there at this point, and she can't do anything because she's just lost so much blood. And so she can just only watch as Michael brings Phil's body into the fucking kitchen, lays it on the kitchen table, and then individually takes every fucking knife that's on that fucking block and just stabs it right into his fucking back. Each one, one by one. It was at least four. Like, he did did an initial one, and it was, look over, grab, stab. Look over, grab, Like, it was very, very, like, robotic, very methodical. It was just like... Holy shit. There was just no hesitation there. It was just instantly whack. Grab another one. Whack. And, and then grab the last one and just walks And then walks the away. And so she and she's still alive at this point. Like she's still breathing. And so she's watching Choking this to death on her own blood. And then yeah, he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> So, so good. Um, but then, what? so is the next part then when they're at the... Oh, wait, no, now we're back. Now we're at the Myers house. Yeah, this is where we first find the Myers house as it is today in 2018, which has been completely remodeled. <laughs> completely remodeled. It is uh, inhabited by two lovely gentlemen, one named Big John and one named Little John, and I hate it because... I fucking loved it. I thought it, it was, was great. It was more so in a later scene where I hated the fact that they were Big John and Little John, and I'm just like, ugh. But, okay, first of all, the house, decorated 
gorgeous. There are things like, I want that in my house. I like that color. I want that thing in my house. Um, but so you have Big John, who's upstairs in one of what would have been one of the bedrooms. That's now an office. He's playing some spooky records. He's smoking a joint. He's getting high. And then you have Michael McDonald downstairs dressed as a pirate, <laughs> making a charcuterie board um, and bringing it down. And you know he's calling for Big John. And, of course, he's not answering, so he walks upstairs. And he's just like, I thought we were going to watch a movie. And Big John said, oh, no, I wanted to listen to spooky records and get high and dance. And he's like, can we just go downstairs and watch a movie? Um and so they eventually go back down, and uh, there's a they ring at the bell, ring at the doorbell, and they're like, "Oh, it's kind of late for trick or treaters, but whatever." And he goes out there, and it's a girl, and she's a little girl. She's French. She's like, "I'm sorry, but my sister, we got a candy bar from you, and she swallowed a razor blade. It was a rusty razor blade." And of course, Michael McDonald's character's like, "Oh my God!" So little, you know, little John's like, "Big John, Big John, blah, 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 come outside," you know. And there's she's like, "Where is she?" And she just goes. The, there! It's very dramatic. And shines this flashlight on, you know, this person with, like, vomit and blood on her neck. And there's vomit on the sidewalk. And, you know, they go over to her and she's like, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, is she okay? Is she still breathing? Oh, the the, 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 the razor blades and the vomit. And then you hear the door slam. And they're like, did somebody go into my house? And, of course, it's very dramatic. You're, like, waiting to see. You see a view outside of mm-hmm. the kid, the door. And it's a fucking kid who went in and stole the big bag of candy. He's like, yeah, I got the whole load. Ha, ha, ha. We got you. We got you. Like a bunch of fucking brats that they are. And then the perfect revenge is like, do you know whose house this was? Not even missing a beat. <laughs> big John's just like, we're going to fuck you up. And the kids are like, no. Have you heard of Michael fucking Myers? <laughs> and the kids are just like, well, we're not scared. And they get, you know, they're like, well, he, he stabbed his sister in the tits. In that bedroom, you know, and they look up to the the bedroom window. (laughs) And if the the wind is just right, you can hear her calling out his name. It's like, do you know what happens with people who are uninvited in the Myers home? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you can hear her. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then they go, ah, and the kids run off. And they're like, get off off my property! Like, (laughs) you know, so it's like, okay, fuck, fine. Um... Then it cuts to something else. It cut. Did it cut? It but cut from something else from there. It well, that's where we kind of. And again, this is where it's kind of all over the place because it, I literally so have a synopsis on. in front of me, and I'm still having trouble keeping track of where the <laughs> fuck we are. Well, I think this is kind of where we go back, um, and because we we get another because uh, Hawkins gets moved into the room, and you know they're oh the, yeah he's they put her in the recovery room that Lori's in yep. And Lori's all like, Frank, Frank. And then, you know, we get this whole dialogue with, because uh, obviously Karen knows that Michael's still alive, but she's trying to play it off to Lori that he's not because she doesn't want her doing something stupid. Yeah. And so, and, you know, Lori's all like, we, we got him. He's, he's finally gone. And Karen's like, yep, we, we did, Mom. We, sh- we sure did, basically. And so that kind of all happens. Um. And then we, we also get another scene after that where they're kind of driving through Haddonfield. Yeah, so this is the Lindsay, Marianne, Marcus, and... Well, before that, we've, we, we've, we've got Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison driving through, and they're talking about the peyote story again. Oh, my God, I forgot about that scene. And, you know, we got Allison in the back who's, who's breaking down. Oh, yeah, because about her dad, yep. yeah. 
because, you know, the whole thing with her dad and whatnot. And then they're kind of telling people to get inside and it's not safe, yada, yada, yada. But then we come up to where um, uh, Lindsay, Marion, and Vanessa and Marcus are driving and they see the kids from the Myers house that stole the candy in the park. The important part of it is that Marcus is in the back seat with like a Glock and he does obviously doesn't know how to use it. And Vanessa's like, you don't want to use that. Give that to me. I've shot a gun before, you know? So she ends up taking it from him. And then that's where yeah, they pull up and they see like, Oh, what are those kids doing? And Lindsay, you know, gets out of the car and walks up to them. It's like, what the hell are you doing outside? It's just like, and the other thing to kind of know about this is out of the three kids, there's just two of them right now. Cause the other one went to go to the bathroom. Right. And so it's also important that that kid was wearing a skeleton mask. Anyway, so he's off by himself. And these other two kids are swinging on the swings. And they're saying, like, yeah, there's this guy with, like, a white mask who's playing hide-and-seek with us. And isn't doing a really good job of it, but, like, keeps following us. And, of course, you turn around, and off in the distance you see Michael Myers. Behind the vehicle. Behind, behind the car. Behind vehicle. And she's like, run, run, run. But in his hand. He is holding the bloody mask, the bloody skeleton mask of that teenager. So he killed another kid in this movie. <laughs> so that's two movies in a row. He's killed a kid. And that's, that's wild to even think about that, <laughs> that they went there again. It just shows how brutal and like how mm-hmm. much he doesn't give a fuck. Right. With, you know, with, with this character, it's just, it's just Michael Myers is pure evil. There's no, humanity in him right and so you know we get that scene of him looking at Lindsay, um holding that bloody mask and marion sees it in the rearview mirror and he he slowly turns his head and looks and then he gets on top of the car he crawls on top yep. and of course marion's like got her little whatever pistol she has in her, her hand little six shooter and so she's like you know they're like shoot 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 and he just takes the mask that from that kid and smashes it into the windshield and so you just see this bloodied mask on the windshield starts breaking windows you know pull tries pulling. well marion's breaking most of the windows because she, she keeps shooting again people do not know how <laughs> to shoot in this movie and yes i know that they're under a lot of pressure but anyway um so Windows are breaking, but specifically the one, he breaks the one where Marion's sitting, she's in the passenger seat, and, like, pulls her by the hair. While this is happening, Vanessa's crawling out the window to try to get away. <laughs> she's like, fuck, I'm getting out of here! And so, Marcus doesn't really know what to no. do. <laughs> so Marcus ends up helping Marion, ends up, like, cutting her hair, so, you know, it releases Michael's grip on her. Um, well, then Michael gets off the car as Marcus is trying to get out of the, the vehicle, and he opens the door to come after him, but then Marion calls after him and he's like, "This is for Doctor Loomis." And of course, she doesn't have any bullets left. Any bullets left because <laughs> she used all the fucking bullets on all the windows because she can't shoot for shit. And then stabby stab, <clears throat> stabby stab, and Marion's dead, which is like, holy shit! They just killed one of the original characters. And then the next, okay, so then Marcus, of course, is well. Before we get there, we we we, we get this shot of Lindsay filling up oh, the, the pillowcase the pillow with bricks. With bricks. That's right. She was filling up the pillowcase with bricks. Um, and then, but Marcus is still in the backseat of the car. And then this was the one that was just well, like. Well, he started choking him with the stethoscope. Yeah. First. And then Michael's just like, pretty much like, what, what are the you fuck? doing? And then straight into the eyeball. Like it was. Butcher knife too. Oh, it I was. I mean, it looked gnarly. It looked really gnarly. Oh my God. It looks so bad. And then of course, all of a sudden you hear these 
gunshots. Boom, boom, boom. And of course, they're not going anywhere because here comes Vanessa with that Glock that she does not know how to shoot either. It's too powerful for her. Doesn't know what she's doing. Shooting randomly. And then... Well, and it, well here's the thing before before we get to hap- what happens here. Like, Michael just kind of... Even though you can't see, like, his reaction or anything it's almost like he's got this he's got this kind of look about him that is like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and so we 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 get to you know she keeps walking up shooting at him he kicks the fucking door and the door hits the fucking gun and she shoots herself right in the eye (laughs) like it just flips at 180 and she yeah straight in the head I think I laughed when I saw that because it was so unexpected just to be like, <laughs> like it was the probably the easiest way he's killed anybody in this entire It was like movie. pure coincidence, but it just worked to his benefit. And it was like, yeah, death by misadventure. <laughs> so, you know, so now Vanessa's dead. And so he gets out of the car and then... Whack! Lindsay comes up with the bag of bricks. She gets three good shots on him too. Yeah, right in the face, and then um, eventually starts running. Well, no, he gets he grabs her. That's right. He grabs her by the neck, pulls her up on the car, and she starts taking that mask off. And that's the scene where in the trailers you because um uh Lori kept talking in the trailers was talking about how he wants to see his face and see the life come out of him which is never actually in the movie by the way that line is never said yeah, in the actual movie that. um but uh yeah that's that scene of the the mask coming off that's Lindsay trying to get it off so she can get away yeah which works because he ends up dropping her and fixing his mask while she runs off into the park into the, yeah and into the woods and ends up you know as basically serpentining and trying to hide and then ends up by a creek yep. and somehow is able to hide under this tree. And there, you know, Michael walks on this bridge and is looking around and you hear his ominous doom, 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 doom as he's walking across the bridge. Um, and so then Lindsay is safe for, for now is <laughs> just laying there. Um, and then it was, after that, we come back to the hospital, and this is where... This is where shit goes this down. Is, shit goes crazy, but this is where Lori finds out that Michael is not dead. So right now, Lori is still in recovery. She's in the hospital gown, in the hospital bed, and she's like, fuck, nope, I'm getting up. So she starts taking out her IV, all the different hookups that she's on. While Karen's trying to talk sense into her, which is and not going to happen. walks over to... So earlier, when Hawkins was brought in, a nurse came in to administer some sort of medication narcotic to obviously reduce the pain probably morphine or something like that and so it was just still sitting there because they had shooed the nurse out when Lori found out that michael wasn't dead and she walks over and just sticks the needle in there pulls on the plunger and karen goes mom do you even know what that is and she goes it'll take away the pain or like it kills the pain and just stabs herself in the thigh with whatever cocktail she just pulled out of the vial. And then of course is looking for her clothes. And so earlier Karen, they had moved the whatever bloodied shirt with the knife from her head onto the chair. Yep. And so Karen at one point was like, why are your bloody dirty clothes here? She threw it in the biohazard bag that was right next to the chair. AKA the garbage. And Karen, not Karen, uh, Lori goes looking for it and pulls it out and finds the knife. Yep. Um, you know, and so that's just like, oh, crap. Um, I think there was also a scene in the trailer of her walking down the hallway with the knife. 
is that maybe my brain just missed that? I don't think that's in the movie I don't, either. I don't think I, I saw that I think they either. cut that because she's too injured to actually be doing anything. Well, that might have been a tie-in to what the actual original ending was supposed to be. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll come to that. Oh, maybe okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, so. um, but chaos has started now. At the hospital, there's like hospitals on lockdown. We're going on lockdown. Well, while this is all happening, that patient walks into the hospital to get help because he got a huge gash on his head when that car crashed. Yeah. So he's coming in and he's asking for help, but everybody thinks it's Michael Myers because he's wearing the Smith's Grove Mm -hmm. jumpsuit. Right. And Tommy Doyle at this point has come back to the hospital. Because he's the one that tells Lori that Michael's not dead. Yeah. And that Marion's dead now and Lindsay was attacked. Because um, they go and they find He found Lindsay. the car. Yeah, they found the car and they found Lindsay and brought her back to the hospital. And Lindsay goes off doing Lord knows what. Lindsay's gone at this point. Um, and so Tommy starts leading the charge of, you know, evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight. He gets the whole hospital chanting this. And, like, brackets of, like, being like, yeah, we got to get this done. Where the sheriff is like, yo, call me tits. <laughs> like, let's not yeah. go irrational here. And essentially the poor inmate is just he's trying to hide. He is running. He's all over the halls of the, of the I was gonna say the hotel, the hospital. Because everybody starts saying it's Michael, it's Michael, and then Lori's like Michael, Michael. And so yeah, so Karen is now holding Lori and walking her down the hallways, and eventually they get to a point of where they're able to physically see this guy for the first time. And that's where Lori's like, it's not him. It's not him. You know, and then eventually. But nobody cares. And then she found Tommy. And she's like, it was not him. It's not him. And he's like, uh-oh. You know, but at that point, Lori had gotten hit by somebody in the mob and her stitches came A back fucking out. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. He knocks her stitches out. Basically, her gauze that she had, the bandage she had, was starting to get full of blood again. So they had to bring her back into her hospital room and Karen goes off trying to find this guy so that he yeah she essentially gets ahead of the mob going up these stairs that he ran up and finds him and like I was sitting like I felt so bad for this guy I was just like oh no like no 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 I, I see where this is going but no 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 and he's hiding and they lock the doors and uh, for him to be in a hallway well because she finds him it's like I'm not going to hurt you. I want yeah. to help you. And so, yeah, she brings her, him basically to a connection between two hallways and is able to put the lock down on the door. She's like, put the lock down, put the lock down. And, you know, but then all of a sudden, like within seconds, it's mobbed on both sides. And she's like, it's not him. It's not him. Well, of course, this poor guy's like, I got no other way out. They're going to kill me. So he takes a, and they're like, bearing down the door like they're about to they're they're breaking it with whatever they can find breaking the glass yep. and, and at this point tommy and bracket are kind of like this doesn't seem right yeah kind of look um and so the inmate finds a fire extinguisher he breaks the glass for that and then goes and breaks a window that is about As they're I busting think, through the doors yeah and he think he's probably about eight nine stories up at this point yep. he's pretty far up in the hospital and he's standing on the ledge and jumps. And so you get a really cool, I think camera wise, a cool POV of like him getting closer and closer and closer to the ground as people are spreading away. And then you just hear splat. And this is, this is one of those scenes where it's like, this is how fucked up people are, especially with when they get this Mm -hmm. one mind mentality, kind of herd mentality. Oh yeah. Mobs are scary. It's, it's like, how in the fuck do you not... Well, number one, you don't listen to the 
main person that has actually seen Michael Myers' face. Yeah. Um, you're not you're you're not even given a ch- a chance to this person. Number one, I mean, he doesn't even have the same physique as Michael Myers. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not wearing a mask like Michael Myers would wear. Um, obviously, the fuckers half his hand was blown off in the last movie. Yeah, there. <laughs> I think that the rage in people was just ignored, and they were just like, "Oh, it's this dude," you know. It's like people. The way I was thinking about it when I was watching it, it's like how somebody starts. It's just standing. They could be standing doing nothing, and then a line appears. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just standing and waiting. Oh, okay. They stand and they form a line behind them. Yep. And then eventually you get 40 people in line. Like, what are you waiting for? It's like, oh, we're waiting. Just We're, we're just waiting for something awesome. And, but, but literally, uh, the person at the front of the line could have left, and nobody would have noticed, and it's just a bunch of random people standing in line because they just, that's what humans do. Um, and the, oh, this Dude was so fucked up when he hit the ground. Like his head exploded like a fucking watermelon. Like hit. Yeah. His it was leg pretty rough. Was, his leg was bro- his legs were broken. Like it was awful. And of course, you know the whole crowd is outside. So there's a crowd in the hospital, and then there's a crowd outside the hospital because it's in lockdown. And then they all go running out there, and uh, Bracket was like, well, "How do we know this isn't him?" He's like. He said something. Bracker's like, this isn't him. Yeah. And Tommy's like, well, how do you know? And it's just like, it's just, oh my God, that whole scene. It's just like, it's heartbreaking, number one. It was one. just that, like the whole movie was chaotic, but like that one, like literally, like it was, it was so hard to watch because it was so realistic. It very much so. I mean, like we said, the, like the dialogue in this movie, like the whole evil dies tonight thing, that's very fucking cheesy. And a, a lot of the lines in the movie are very fucking cheesy. But kind of that whole herd mentality and just kind of mob mentality is very much a real thing. I mean, that's just, it just reminds, oh my God, it's just, people are just, oh, I, I it just makes me hate People are awful. I mean, I'm an extroverted person, and unfortunately, in my nature, I like to be around people, which is dumb, but people are so bad. I was driving home tonight, and I saw a bumper sticker that said, Giant Meteorite 2016 just ended already. (laughs) And I was like, I kind of feel that. Um, You know, but so that, it it was so sad because you're like, this is an innocent guy. And like Karen, you could just see the look on her face was just pain, you know? And so, but from there, so that. Because she basically is like, what the hell are you doing to Tommy Doyle? And Tommy Doyle knows he's fucked up at this point. And Karen's just like, we need to fucking go find him. So Karen leaves with Tommy. And because she's like, you like, you know, get me a gun or find me a phone, find me a car. It's like, I need a car. It's like, I got a car. So they drive off. And that's when we cut back to Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison. They show up at the Myers. Oh, not yet. Not yet? I thought they did. No, not what did, yet. Okay. We what am f- I missing We forget again? Big John and Little John. What? We haven't gone Oh, over- shit. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, we cut back to oh, Big John and Little John. And they're sitting. They're definitely high sitting on the couch. Like, they've eaten their charcuterie board and mm-hmm. are watching a movie. And there's a big ass knock at the door <laughs> at the back door. And so, you know, little John goes and looks and no, obviously nobody there. Nothing's there. And he basically says like, Hey, you kids fuck off. <laughs> you know, cause he's thinking it's the trick or treaters again. And, and then, then at the cl- front door, and then he closes the door 
just closes the door. And then, yeah, there's a knock at the front door. So they walk to the front door and they're like, they basically like, no, knock it off again, you know? And then Big John goes, well, did you lock the back door? And Little John's like, oh, I don't know. And, and I'm like, no, you would did not, sir. And, of course, the door's fucking open, trash is knocked over, and there's a bloody-ass handprint on the fucking wall. And Little John is staying there just like, Big oh. John, you know, freaking out. And so <laughs> Big John is a mood. <laughs> like, he's just like, He oh. really is. He's just like, all right. He grabs a golf club. And he's just like, no, no, I got this. Meanwhile, okay, this man is wearing... A wife beater, like a green wife beater, a black wife beater, I think, or shirt. A pair of, like, satin red boxer shorts. And, like, basically a house coat robe. And, like, again, is a mood. Meanwhile, little John, Michael McDonald, is in a pirate costume still. The whole fluffy, fluffy shirt and the vest and the pantaloons. Which is fucking great. It's a complete, like, it's a good mix of people. So, yeah, we we, we noticed that the door's been opened and Michael's obviously in the house. And he, you know, little John causes for Big John to come back in. And he walks in with his, his golf club. And little John's all like, there's someone in our house and it's not a child. Yeah, right. Because, you know, that, again, humor, this 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 dialogue part actually was kind of funny. Um, and so Big John goes. Oh, um, he, he throws down the golf club, number one, takes off the robe. Oh, that's right. Starts <laughs> taking off the rings, takes off the watch. Yeah, he's like, bracelet, yeah, I forgot about that. That was funny. And grabs the little bitty fucking knife. Oh, my God. He grabs a paring <laughs> knife. AK, yeah, like a and then so okay which was also funny because you had big john with the little knife and little john with the big knife yep because it was just like i got this knife i got this knife oh sorry we were driving home and i was like i remembered something really funny and i can't remember what it was i remember what it was now that's not a knife this is a knife like that's what went through my head when they picked that up yep. and so it's so stupid and so he walks up the stairs with the teeny little baby knife you know looks in the one bedroom there's nothing there and then or look yeah. They, they split it, up and they're doing the whole Big John, Little John. Oh, this is, okay, this was. Almost the, like Marco Polo. This was the reason why I did not like their names because it was like, Big John, Little John, Big John. <laughs> like, it was just, I mean, I, I think they were just, you know, it, it was trying to probably be cutesy wootsy. It was okay. But like when they started doing yeah, the Marco Polo thing, I'm like, I hate this so much right now. Mm. Um, and then is he in the office? So uh, Big John is in the the office, and then Little John's kind of in another room somewhere. Um, I think he's downstairs still. He's still downstairs, yeah. And so Big John walks into the the master bedroom, which is Judith's old room. And all of a sudden, Michael comes in out of nowhere from the hallway, stabs him right underneath the armpit, (gasps) grabs his head, and shoves his thumb he into pulled, his eyes, and his eyeballs fucking popped right out. It was the coolest visual, but it's like, holy oh. fucking shit. If you've seen Game of Thrones, he pulled a mountain when he killed, I forget his name right now, but like same deal, just crush his skull, thumbs right into the eye sockets. It was Oh my god! Again, it was one of those just like good, good. It's so good, but it's so bad. And then, um, obviously, you know, big G- or little he John hears. Flo- he falls to the floor. Um, little John hears the scream and hears the thud, and then goes upstairs to try to find him. Instantly finds oh. his body in the ground and he starts just crying. But then the next thing that he said, because then all of a sudden you look up and you see Michael Looking staring out, out the, the window. window, and then little John just goes, "Michael, Michael. you've come home." And it was like, 
And then it just cuts to Michael turning, obviously walking toward him, and he goes to kill him. Um, but it was just like, because he knew, he knew it was he, fucking yeah, right? done. But it was just like you've come. It was it was very calm. It was like you've come home. Yeah. Um. And so now, obviously, they're both kaput. And so we we we, we do get another scene with uh, Lori and Hawkins, and because um, Lori was talking about how it was her fault yes. that everything happened, but Hawkins was like, no, it was my fault because he had the opportunity to let Michael get killed back in 78 when they That's right, the cops took him down. They took his mask off, and Loomis was going to shoot him, and he caused Loomis to not shoot him. And so it was. he says it was ultimately his fault that Michael was still alive yeah. and still walking. And his reasoning was because, you know, I could have let that happen, but in it, for just one moment I thought about that as somebody's little boy in there. Yeah. And that's when, you know, he goes, no, and, you know, they shoot the gun. Up in the air. Yeah. Um, and then we get the, the scene also where the well, other cop takes his gun and he's like, it was an accident with, with what, what happened to Pete um, earlier in in the flashback. And so, because obviously it was Hawkins' gun that shot him, and so they switched guns so that it was an accident. accident. He was trying to shoot at him, shot him himself in the neck. Um, but back to that Laurie and Hawkins scene, you find out that, okay, there's a little bit of a romance bit that kind of played here. I was not a fan of that. Yeah, like, you kind of understand, like, I feel like it was understood in the 2018 movie that there was a history with the two of them, and I like that it was elusive and that you're kind of like, you could like leave it up for interpretation of like, oh, did they, didn't they? And I feel like that would have been a better arc to who they were as two characters. And so they were just a little direct about like, oh, yeah, no, I knew you were into me. Like, you kissed me that one night. And I'm just like... Was this scene necessary for this? At least, at it wasn't necessary, but it it helped with that backstory that they established in 2018. It just it could have been done better, right? It was it just kind of it felt forced because it was like okay, we're talking about how it was my fault, but it's just like oh, but you kissed me, blah, 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 blah. I, or that may have happened earlier. Again, I my brain. I, I think that I think that did happen earlier because. Um, that's when Hawkins was. Well, you thought he was asleep, but he was actually. Oh yeah, to that's Lori. right. Because he first came into the room, so like yep. that was a. A thing um and so then we're back to lonnie allison and cameron because they the they car. figured out that all the murders are leading basically back to the myers house yeah lonnie had a map and he was able i think he was with tommy when he figured that out too yep. um and so yeah they're going to the myers house and uh lonnie goes in first and cameron and allison are both in the car still and then they're like, nope, we're not doing this. We're going inside. Well, no, they hear the gunshots. <laughs> yeah. Not too long after he walks in, and they're like, all right, let's go. Um, so they go in. Obviously, none of the lights are on now. Um, we come back to that 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 uh, closet downstairs again that that we see in the, the flashback where the cops check in. Yeah. Well, it's... they check it, and then Allison blows the fuck out of a pumpkin that's sitting <laughs> on the fucking shelf in there with the shotgun. And then she just cocks the gun again. like, okay. <laughs> And then we uh, head upstairs, or, or yeah, well, they, they both head upstairs. Um, Allison goes into the one room. She and, goes in the office. and that's, that's where the music is playing. Yep. And then you see the bodies of Big John and Little John sitting there with the knives in them. And they're posed in the same way that they were in a picture that was sitting on yep. the desk. Little cheeky Michael there <laughs> and, being all creative with his kill. And then Cameron was in the bedroom. 
No, was he in the hallway? He he looked in the bedroom, but then he was in the hallway, and he was walking towards the closet, and the blood drops from above, and then he looks up and he sees it's his dad yeah. was shoved up there into the cro- into the attic's yep. ladder, and then Michael busts out of the fucking closet like a bat out of hell and grabs him, um, and just starts stabbing the shit out of him and Allison comes out with the, with the shotgun and shoots but it Michael ooh, was ooh, quick ooh. enough to move it out of the fucking way she grabbed a knife so the knife that was in little John she grabbed that and put that on her person when and yeah and when she heard the commotion took the gun yep. as well and then ends up tumbling down the stairs well, no no she goes to shoot the shotgun goes off as Michael pushes it away then she takes the knife and stabs him oh, like yeah, that's three right. or four times but that's when Michael grabs her and, like, um, basically throws her down the fucking stairs and she breaks her leg or whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, and now she's down there and Cameron gets shoved into the banister of the... Uh, well, he, he grabs the, the gun at first that he had and Michael just stomps right on his fucking hand and just probably shatters his fucking hand yeah. there. And then... Allison's yelling from below and Cameron's like, Allison, and then Michael grabs his fucking head rams it through the side of the banister up and down side to side up and she's down knocking it around like it was a marble in a box and Alice and she's like no no like take Leave me him alone. take me instead blah, blah, blah. and then just it's like basically like uh nope and then just slams Cameron's head down onto whatever spiky piece of wood there was and just Whatever. So, but Cameron's still alive. He's still gurgling. And he's Michael starts coming down the stairs, and, that's and he like, stops because Allison's all worried about him. Looks over at him, grabs his head, and just breaks his fucking neck. Yeah. And that's and that's where she pulls the knife. She still has the knife in her hand. She grabs it again, mm-hmm. and so Michael comes down and tries, tries to stab, stab her. And that's when she's like, "Just do it, just do it, just do and it." And that's when you find out Karen is behind him with the fucking pitchfork. And in an ode to Halloween Five, where one of the kills was Michael stabbing somebody with a pitchfork, she stabbed Michael with the fucking pitchfork, yeah. and he goes down onto the fucking stairs, and she just stomps. The fuck out of his head and then rips the mask off. And Michael gets up, doesn't even care about Allison at this point because fucking Karen has his mask. And she's outside and he's like, you want your mask? Come get it. Yeah, she's like, I'm an innocent woman, woman just like your sister was, you know. And like kind of does that whole, this basically big long speech mm-hmm. about it. And then just starts running with the mask and yep. starts running a different direction. Allison's like, no, mom, no, 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 no. Not knowing that, of course, that she had a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then ends up running through a neighborhood, and then you come through. And you see the mask on the ground. On the, in the middle of the street, and then Michael like is about to lean down and pick it up, and you get headlight, 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 just shining on him. And then you see this mob of like 30 people standing with weapons around and Karen's like being led by uh, Tommy and Sheriff Brackett. But then Karen just goes, gotcha. And I'm like, she got both gotchas. <laughs> she got it in 2018. And then she got it again. Yep. And so then Brackett has his gun out and he pulls out his line from the first movie. where was like, Michael, everybody's entitled one good scare as he's pointing the gun at him. And then Michael just instantly picks up the mask. The music comes in heavy he puts the mask on and just starts getting the shit beat out of him by all these people. Mm. And, you know, people have got, like, fucking two-by-fours. Tommy's got the fucking bat. 
Um, they've got guns. Like one guy tries to shoot, but ends up getting shooting somebody else. Yeah, that, <laughs> which was kind of again. People don't know how to use no. guns in this movie, and then eventually, so Michael eventually ends up on the ground, and he is trying to. It's his. It's his bloodied left hand with like two fingers missing. <laughs> He's trying to reach for the knife. Tommy's telling Karen that she can go. That they'll take care of it. No, she picks up that fucking knife and puts it right in his fucking back. It's well, right, right in his neck. It was like basically at the base of his neck. No, it was in the back, kind of in the shoulder. Oh, I thought it was his neck. Really? Anyway, she stabs him and then you know walks off and then goes back to be with Allison, who's being attended to by paramedics. And everybody thinks it's okay. Well, no. Bracket goes up to shoot Michael in the head. No, he grabs that fucking knife like nothing in a very quick manner. Slashes his fucking neck. And so Michael's now back in play and just starts eliminating everybody. everybody, Absolutely every fucking person. And this is what was polarizing this whole ending here because Michael is like being portrayed again as like this unstoppable monster, which I mean, honestly, it's... Where else do you really go with it? I mean, you can only do the he's only a man kind of thing for so long. Yeah, right. He's kind of transcended this as Laurie's talking over this because you've got her narration kind of going over this. He's How a he's, monster. He's with not every human. With every kill, he's transcending. And you're seeing this because he's fucking murdering everybody. After all the trauma that his body has gone through in this night, he is fucking murdering everybody. And then it comes to Tommy. Tommy goes to hit him with that bat, and he gets stabbed. And then Michael takes the back bat and just smashes him oh yeah he just obliterates his head and you know Lori's still talking with her monologue over all this and you know we 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 get the shot of karen in the street then looking up at at judith's room and you see the little kid michael in there and so she ends up going up upstairs and kind of looking out that window too and this is the main thing that polarizes so many people because all of a sudden michael's there and he kills Karen at the very end, and that's how the fucking movie ends. But that's not how it was supposed to end originally. So this is this well. Before you get, before you get into the that, I was not expecting that at all. That was a no. Tw- that was a twist. I was not expecting. I did not expect that at all. Um, and so this is what people have gotten. That at least I've seen are mad about. It's like, well, is Karen really dead? What the hell? Like, why did you do that? You know, and um, it, but the way it happened, it was just again she. Because she had said earlier, I'm an innocent woman like your sister. And the fact that she was in Judith's room, standing and staring out the window in Michael's spot before getting stabbed, I'm just like, okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, but it, oh, I was not ready for that when that happened. So here, here's how the, the movie was originally supposed to end, um, just before we kind of wrap up this, this episode here. So, um... Now, David Gordon Green has gone um, and talked about in recent days that when they release this on Blu-ray DVD, um, there's going to be an extended cut of the movie that includes an alternate ending, which is what the original ending was supposed to be. The original ending happens the same way, where Karen gets murdered, but at the end it does a callback to the original movie where Laurie's trying to call Karen's phone. Michael picks up the phone and answers it, and all you hear is the breathing on the other end. And then uh, that's when Lori ends up leaving the hospital. And uh-huh. that's where the, her holding the knife comes in. Because she was supposed to walk out like she was going to hunt down Michael now. But because they changed it, and Halloween Ends is no longer taking place on the same night, like these two, uh, 2018 and Kills do, and they're putting it in the future, 
they changed that a little bit and they cut down that ending just to end where he kills Karen and then oh. is looking at his reflection in, in the, the window. I like both. I feel like that other one would have been a better button to it because it would have been just like, okay, Lori's got her shit together and she's, and I feel like they could have finagled it of like, okay, three years later and like Lori's back in the compound, like back in her compound, has a new house, has everything's back set up type of thing and kind of, I guess, redo what they did. Mm -hmm. But it, oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. So that, 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 that was the alternate ending, the original ending. I, I do kind of wish they would have stuck with that and kept it all kind of on the same night. But at the same time, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with jumping forward four years yeah, and um, just seeing what they decide to do with the story itself. So, yeah. But that is, uh, in a nutshell, Halloween Kills. So, like I said in the beginning, very chaotic, very batshit crazy. But at the same time, it was a fun, like, slasher popcorn flick. This is not a movie you want to go see if you're going for dialogue and story. Mm -hmm. This is a slash em up slasher movie. This is slashers at its finest, basically. Um, it's, it's all about the kills with this, which is in the name itself, and that's what you should be going to expect with this. Yep, exactly. um, and it's kind of like the bridge to the final showdown between Laurie and Michael. And so... Uh, that's ultimately what this movie's purpose was. It's not meant to be this masterful piece of art. It's not. It's it's a bridge. And um, going in there with lower expectations and just looking to have a good time, I fucking enjoyed it. And like I said, it's one of my top favorite Halloween movies out of all of them. Out of all 12, it's in my top five for sure. I just don't know quite where it lands yet, so... That's where we're at with this. And very happy, very happy, very happy with how this movie turned out. I mean, honestly, um, it, 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 it lived up to my expectations for what I was expecting for it. So um, could have been better? Yeah. I mean, there's always room for improvement with these movies because they're not perfect. They're not going to be perfect because they're, they're horror movies. They're, they're, they're made for very cheap. And they're there to kind of thrill, and they're they're like date night movies. Yeah. They're they're not here for winning Oscars or winning awards. Well, so. and I think this one, especially after the long anticipation of it being released, also I feel like added to the depth of like, oh yeah, this is actually a really good movie, just because we'd waited so long for it yep. to be released, and so now that the fact that they're trying to get Halloween ends out by essentially this time next year, it's like. Oh, wait, the wait is long, you know, but will that short timeline be a benefactor or will it actually hurt potentially what the film And that is remains going to, to be, be seen. So. so we will see because <laughs> it, it could it could uh benefit it 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 may not. We 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 just don't know yet. So um that will all remain to be seen because we've got less than a year until that comes out now. So um Definitely something to look out for. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with this story and see where, where they're going to end this kind of adventure with uh, Laurie and Michael. Because obviously Halloween, as I've talked about throughout this whole series, it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure kind of franchise because there's so many different timelines and so many different stories kind of going on. So there, there's a lot. There's a lot to take in and a lot to kind of digest. And so... This has been a, a fun, like, 12-week project for, for me doing this 
whole franchise and doing this whole series. And it, it's been a lot of fun revisiting these movies. And um, I do appreciate you guys that have kind of stuck it around and checked, checked out basically every episode of this. Um, I, I do definitely appreciate that. Um, I'm still kind of in the works of where I'm going to go next with the podcast as this series is now ending. Um, still thinking and leaning more towards doing two episodes a month versus every week just to kind of give myself a break and just uh, kind of readjust to me being the only host <laughs> with the show now. So, But uh, I, I definitely appreciate you guys checking out this week's episode. Uh, once again, you can always follow on social media. We're at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CLS Podcast. Um, let me know what you guys thought of Halloween Kills if you've seen it and kind of what your thoughts are. I definitely want to hear. But otherwise... I will see you guys soon. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers.